Good morning, Truth Community. Good to be with you this morning. Good to see uh, many familiar faces and other unfamiliar faces. Great to see you all here this morning. Let's look to the Lord, shall we, just before we look into his word. Father, we rejoice to be in your presence this morning, to be part of your family. We thank you, Father, for this uh, time of worship together that we have shared in singing these great hymns of faith and, and uh, encouraging us to lift our hearts to the Lord. Father, we praise you indeed for uh, your uh, blessing in our lives. We thank you that you have given us your word to teach, to instruct, to guide, to direct us. And Father, as we look into that word just now, we recognize without you we can do absolutely nothing. And so we would ask that by your spirit that you would stir our hearts, that you would guide us into all truth, that you would teach us all things, move in our hearts this morning, encourage us in the things of the Lord. But Father, above all, may everything said and done be to your honor and to your glory. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Dr. John MacArthur, Jr., <clears throat> many of you will uh, know who I'm talking about. For over uh, 50 years, he's been the senior pastor of Grace Community Church in Sun Valley, California. He said recently, one of the most profound and eternally significant questions in the Bible was posed by an unbeliever. Pilate, the man who handed Jesus over to be crucified, turned to Jesus in his final hour and asked, What is truth? MacArthur said, it was a rhetorical question, a cynical response to what Jesus had just revealed when he said, I have come into the world to testify to the truth. MacArthur continued in saying, 2,000 years later, the whole world breathes Pilate's Cynicism. So then, truth community, what is truth? What is truth? Well, the Cambridge Dictionary defines it as the quality of being true. The Oxford Dictionary defines it as the true facts about something rather than the things that have been invented or guessed. 
Wikipedia, the online encyclopedia, states, Truth is the property of being in accord with fact or reality. Truth is usually held to be the opposite of falsehood. I find it most interesting, personally, to notice that the reason that seems to have brought about this question from Pilate, according to John chapter 8 that Darren read for us this morning, is in light of Jesus' statement to him. Listen again to the words of Jesus. For this cause I have come into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. Now that I find most interesting. The reason for Jesus coming into the world was that he would bear witness to the truth. Now that's interesting, especially in light of the opening chapter of John's Gospel where we read there, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. Then if we drop down to verse 14 of that first chapter of John, we read, and the Word that was in the beginning... And the word was made flesh, or became flesh, and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Listen to this. Full of grace and truth. In other words, Jesus Christ is the fullness of of truth. He is truth personified. Isn't that what he himself said in John chapter 14 and verse 6, that uh, very familiar verse to a lot of us this morning? I am the way, the truth, and the life. So we see that Jesus Christ is truth. Again in John's Gospel, chapter 17, where we have the great high priestly prayer of the Lord Jesus Christ when he prayed to the Father for his disciples. He said this in verse 17, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. There are many in our world today who think that truth is whatever they want it to be. So they claim that what you believe is true for you. What I believe is true for me. So there's your truth, and there's my truth. There's his truth, and there's her truth. There's their truth, and there's our truth. Interesting. Francis Schaeffer 
an American evangelical theologian, philosopher, and Presbyterian pastor said this, Biblical Christianity is truth concerning total reality. That is, it exists without any exceptions. John chapter 14, I quoted already for you. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now, hold on to that thought. And if we move back to the first chapter of John, and if we drop down to verse 17, we read this. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So, without Jesus Christ, the word of God made flesh, there is no truth. Jesus said, I am truth, the truth. Notice also that truth is not fragmented. Truth is singular, the truth. Schaefer again said this, Christianity is not a series of truths in the plural, but rather is spelt with a capital T. He says it presents one origin of the universe, one problem of the human race, one way of salvation, one way of holiness, one standard for the family, one plan for human history, and one consummation of the age. Wow. Truth is singular. Now, since truth is singular, it is exclusive, not inclusive. Now, please don't misunderstand me. Let me explain. It's important that we understand this. No doubt you're aware that uh, the drive, one of the drives in our world today is for inclusiveness. Everyone wants to be included, whether they belong or not. Notice, please, that Jesus said that he is the truth. And that no one comes to the Father except through him. John 14 and verse 6. There's only one way. There's only one truth. We live in the Google age. You're all familiar with Googling, I'm sure. We live in the YouTube age. (laughs) 
So everyone's an expert. <laughs> we just have to Google it or watch a, a, um, a YouTube video or two. That's why it's important to understand truth. The writer of Proverbs said this in Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, again familiar verses. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths or make your paths straight. Truth is immutable or unchanging over time. It's not true for today and not true for tomorrow. It is the same yesterday and today and forever. Hebrews 13 verse 8. In Psalm 119, the longest psalm in the Bible, I'm only going to look at one verse, so rest easy. Verse 89. Forever, says the psalmist, forever, O Lord, your word is settled or firmly fixed in the heavens. Again, in Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 8, we read, The grass withers and the flowers fades, but the word of God stands forever. It's not only eternal, but it never changes. Jesus Christ said in Matthew chapter 24, verse 35, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. The word of God is eternal. It is never outdated. There's no expiry date, you know, good until. <laughs> Truth is immutable. It never changes. Based on this thought, the hymn writer of old penned the words, Change and decay in all around I see. O thou who changest not, abide with me. So we see very simply, the source of truth is the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I am the truth. We do not or we cannot come to God in our own terms. Salvation is of the Lord. So I did it my way. <laughs> it doesn't work <laughs> when it comes to salvation. The source of truth is the Lord Jesus Christ. Now let's look for a few moments to the effects of truth. 
In Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12, we read, For the word of God is living and powerful or active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents or intentions of the heart. Earlier we saw the words of the Lord Jesus in prayer to the Father for his disciples. John seventeen seventeen, he said, Father, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. The effects of truth. In John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32, again the words of Jesus. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you will know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. Interesting, when we drop down to verse 36 in that same chapter, chapter 8 of John. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. The effects of truth. Everyone wants freedom. Freedom rallies. Free to make my own choice. Free to do whatever I please. But no one seems to want the truth. The word of God. We've shut it out of our schools, our education institutions. The truth brings freedom, right? If you know Jesus Christ today as your Savior, and you live according to his word, you live in freedom. You're not a slave to the old life. You're not a slave to sin. You're not a slave to the old habits. Because Jesus Christ is your Savior and lives in you, you are born again. A born again believer. Isn't that what the Apostle Paul is referring to in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation, born again. All things have passed away. Behold, all things become new.
I find some interesting helps in my daily devotions, and I use a lot of uh, my utmost for his highest, Oswald Chambers. And he said this, True salvation worked out in me by the Holy Spirit frees me completely. (laughs) Jesus Christ, the word of God, the truth has set us free. The effects of truth. The source of truth, the effects of truth. Now, you may ask, but how's all this possible? Well, in closing, let's look for a few moments at the manner or the way of truth. Over in Psalm 119, that longest psalm again, 130, verse 130, we read, the entrance or the unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. Entrance of your word gives light. Now with that in mind, again back to John's gospel, chapter 1. Verse 4, we read this. In him, that is the word made flesh, in him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. Now, he was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of the light. Now, watch this. That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. Every man and woman, that is, coming into the world. Now, turn over again to John chapter 3. And verse 16 is well known to uh, most of us, if not all of us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Now watch this as he continues. Verse 19, and this is the condemnation, that light has come into the world. Remember? He lights every person coming into the world. Light 
has come into the world. And men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does, listen to this, he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. Wow. I believe the Apostle Paul takes this up in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8 and 9. Let me read it for you. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Again, over in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, from verse 3, but even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this world has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. For we do not preach ourselves, says Paul, but Jesus Christ the Lord, and ourselves your bondservants for Jesus' sake. For it is God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Wow. Now, John chapter 14, verse 15 to 17. If you love me, says Jesus, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, one like unto me, that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. For he dwells with you and shall be in you. If we jump over to John 16, verse 13 and 14, however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak of himself or on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. He will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, says Jesus, for he will take of what is mine 
and declare it to you. <clears throat> it is interesting, I believe, to notice that the word that is translated declare in that verse means to make known, to make it known, or disclose or to reveal it to you. He will enable you, the spirit of truth, he will enable you to understand the truth. So there we have it. The manner or the way of truth. The light of the gospel, the word of God, the truth, shines into our darkened hearts and exposes us and illumines us to the truth. The Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, teaches us and shows us what truth is and sets us free to walk in the light as children of light. So we see that truth and light go hand in hand. Now, please pardon the pun, but in light of all that, watch this. Back in Genesis chapter 1, where we have the beginnings of all beginnings, we read there in Genesis 1, verses 1 to 5, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Listen to it. Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. Now watch verse 4. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided or separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. I believe that in God's work of creation on the first day can be likened to God's work in salvation. In the midst of the darkness, God spoke and said, let there be light. <laughs> when I think of that, I think of uh, Saul of Tarsus as he made his way on the road to Damascus. He was a very religious individual. And he had uh, authorized paperwork with him to take those followers of Jesus the way and uh, bring them to justice and put them to death in many cases. And as he traveled, Paul says, there was a light shone brighter than the noonday sun. And out of that light, Jesus spoke. 
Saul says, who are you, Lord? <laughs> I am Jesus whom you persecute. Wow. What a transformation. When Saul, the, the, the persecutor, became Paul, the church planter. What a transformation took place when that light shone into the darkness, illuminating, showing up all sin, showing our need of Jesus Christ. Have you been there? Have you seen that light? Let there be light. The source of truth. Remember we read back in uh, John chapter 17, verse 17, the words of Jesus Christ to the Father in prayer. Father, sanctify them by your word. Your word is truth. Now, to sanctify, most of you know already, means to set apart, to separate for him. So we see in the work of creation can be likened to God's work in salvation, let there be light. And we see God's work of sanctification, the work of the Spirit, can be seen there as God seeing the light, saw that it was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. The Holy Spirit separates. That's his ongoing work in our lives. He's still at work. You know, be patient. God's still working on me. He works continually, and that work is constantly separating us unto him, forming us, shaping us into the likeness of God's Son. So there's freedom in truth. True freedom and truth. We're free to live a life, life to the full, life that is pleasing to God. Remember Jesus in John chapter 10 and verse 10, he says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly, abundant life, true life of freedom, free from all that would hinder, free to serve, to honor, to love the Lord Jesus Christ. That, my friends, is the truth, the source of truth, 
the effects of truth and the manner or way of truth. Father, I thank you indeed for your word. I pray, Father, that those present here this morning will hear only your word, not the word of man, but your word. And in hearing that word, may experience the light of the gospel shining into their hearts and lives, transforming, renewing. I do pray for those of us who know and love the Lord this morning, that as we refresh our minds on the truth and the effects of truth, that we might realize, yes, our lives are constantly being lived in the midst of the battles of this life as the Spirit of God works, shaping, molding, separating. Father, continue your work in our lives. For those who do not know the Lord this morning, I pray that you will shine your light into their hearts. Draw them to salvation. I pray in Jesus' name.